All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Ink Deals. I'm Max, superstar agent to the stars, joined by Brandon, lender extraordinaire, aficionado, all things, right? Yeah, yeah let's go with it. Episode three. Yeah, episode three, man. We've had two great uh, episodes. We're really excited that everyone's you know excited and listening and wanting to learn, be educated, things of that nature. Uh, you know, and today we kind of want to hit on the topic of equity and how vital it is and how it plays a role in home ownership and you know how it can benefit you long and short term. So, Brandon, what in your definition, in your words, is equity? I mean, equity is the portion of the home that you own without a mortgage on it. Okay. Okay. So, you know, you put down 20% when you purchase the home. You own that 20%. There's no mortgage. You're not paying any interest to the bank for it. That's yours, essentially. Understood. Okay. So, kind of in a nutshell for our listeners that don't really understand real estate, it's like the value in the property that you can essentially take out or use or spend, you know, something to that degree, correct? Yeah, depending on loan guidelines, obviously, is okay. going to limit you on what you can take out. But if you were to sell the property, yeah, that's the amount that you would be awarded after paying off, you know, the mortgage, assuming you have one, and then your, you know, closing fees, realtor fees, that sort of thing. Yeah, makes um, sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, what would you think, or what would you say, someone would want to spend that equity on? Well, I mean totally dependent on the person and what their kind of situation is. some options. What are some things you could (laughs) spend it on that would be, you know, a smart decision? Obviously not a boat, not a Lamborghini, something to that degree, but, you know, maybe something that could either, one, bring up the value of the property long-term or could be used to make the property aesthetically more pleasing than, you know, what was left off. Super, obviously popular to do renovations, um, increase the value of the property through renovations. Right now, ADUs are huge. So you see people taking equity what out. What is an ADU? Like an accessory dwelling unit. So it's a, another unit on the property that will you can rent out or have someone live in, family member or whatnot, to uh, increase cash flow of that property. So it would be, in essence, like if I took my garage and turned it into a one-bedroom and rented it out to a family member, a friend, and just used that to subsidize my mortgage. That would yeah. be considered an ADU. Super popular right now. Interesting. All the rage. All the rage. All the Even rage. if you just have a random family member living in there. Yeah, if they're paying you rent. Yeah, I guess yeah. that makes sense. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of places have allowed you to convert garages or build separate units on the property. Okay. Um, so, yeah. But to get back to your equity question, that's one thing that's very popular right now. What's funny is, I don't know if you saw earlier this week, but I posted a graph of the people that are doing home renovations. Okay. It's actually steeply declining. Interesting. So what that means is the people and equity usage is actually going up. So people are tapping into equity. Hmm. Now a lot of people are saying, "Oh no, you know everything's fine. You know, no, no big deal with all the credit card debt and everything." Yeah. People are upgrading their properties, and that is actually trending downwards and projected to go lower. So what wow. people are using equity for are maybe the Lamborghinis and the trucks or Ooh. paying off the credit cards. I mean, we're at, we just surpassed a trillion dollars in credit card debt as Americans. So holy moly. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, so, so I think it's a lot of debt consolidation being used right now. Yeah. Can you use your equity to pay off something like a credit card debt? Yeah. 
100 percent. so if you were in a bind per se that would be a smart decision yeah i mean it's always not always sometimes there are smart ways and when rates are favorable for you versus your credit cards you're you know limiting your outgoing cash flow because you're paying a 25 percent credit card sometimes it makes sense um it's obviously not ideal for anyone to tap into their equity in order to do that you want to use equity to either improve the property you're in or or purchase another property ideally yeah but Yes, you can still benefit by, you know, helping out your own personal financial situation. If you have yeah. a ton of equity and you need cash, like, you got to do what you got to do. do. You got to do. No, completely understood. And on the flip side, when you hear the term negative equity, that would say or that would mean that essentially your house is valued at less than essentially what you owe on it or what you have in it value-wise, correct? Yeah, now we're talking like 2008 levels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what happened a lot in 2008 where people were walking away from their houses because they weren't going to get anything they out of it. worth what they paid for. Maybe. Yeah. Essentially, the value of the home dropped underneath of what they owed on the home, and they were just like, all right, take it. Like, but I think it. also, you know, to piggyback off of that, it's very important. I know we spoke about this in our last episode. It's very important to understand that the real estate market is very cyclical in the sense that it goes up, it comes down, it goes up again, right? So there may be a period in time, whether it's six months, a year, two years, hopefully not any longer, where your property is valued at less than essentially what you owe. And I think a lot of people, like you said, may, you know, run for the hills and try to liquidate the asset, et cetera, but you should hang in for the long term. And that, you know, I also believe though that that is also a personal decision you have to make and you have to look at it as whether you are you know, homeowner where this is your primary residence, or if you're an investor, obviously, if you're an investor and the property is no longer valuable and you need an immediate exit strategy, then you may have to chalk that up as a loss. But if you're, you know, one of us, for example, that has a primary residence, then it's like, we should just keep it and hold on. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. As long as you can make the payments. I mean, the smart thing is now, luckily we're in Southern California where we haven't experienced like Vegas is 2008, where it took years and years and years for that value to come back um but yeah and that's one of the things that i kind of like to preach is obviously the down payment assistance programs and the really down really low down payment programs are great but in a market that may be stagnating or trending down it's not a type of program that i would advise yeah because if anything bad does happen and you do have negative equity that really hurts your chances getting a home in the future, if you can't make those payments, you have to, you know, short sale the home or get a foreclosure on the home. <laughs> it goes on your record yeah. and it's takes messes you up know, your credit three to seven years, depending on what it is yeah. to, to get a new house. Um, yeah. So obviously the more you can put down the better to give yourself that kind of buffer of equity. Luckily right now, it's not something that we have to worry about in Southern California, but yeah, yeah you know, catastrophic events do happen and, so usually we don't see them coming. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I mean, we're not freaking God. Yeah, you know, we don't. Unless, yeah, Michael Burry saw it coming. We may be really, really good at what we do, but we're not that good, you know. Yeah. Uh, but to piggyback off that again, so you think these really, really low down, you know, payment programs where it's like five percent down or one percent down or zero percent down are colossal fuck ups because essentially now you've got a $20,000 a month mortgage on a million dollar home where if you put 30 or 40% down, it would be, you know, it really, 
it really depends lower. on the it really depends on the situation, you know, because yeah. not everyone's going to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to put down on their first house. Yeah. Um, but if you are putting five percent or three percent or some of these one percent down payment programs, you want to make sure that you have some sort of job security, hopefully dual incomes and a saving. So even if you aren't putting much down in the house, you need a cushion. Because okay. life happens. You know? So don't always try to keep up with the Joneses is what you're trying to say. Yeah, and we see that a lot, you know. <laughs> it's like, in Orange County, right? I have $5,000 to put down. Okay, do you have anything else? No, $5,000 no. is everything. And I make $10,000 a month, and I'd like a mortgage that's $9,998 because <laughs> I need $2 for Top Ramen. Yeah, essentially. So, so yeah. I mean, that's that's a heavy hit. And I know I have a lot of conversations with other agents and brokers and people in the industry and sometimes clients. And I explain to them, Hey, you know, this is a beautiful home. You know, your family will look great in it. It has a great view. It has a great pool, whatever it might be. But judging from your financials, which generally are shared with you when you, you know, represent a buyer on a property, you are going to be on the top ramen diet for the next year and a half, unless you get a 25 or 45% raise. This is out of your affordability. And I think it's very, very important that as agents and lenders, we educate our, you know, I don't want to say demographic, but we educate our clients and explain to them this is not a smart financial decision. Yeah. You know? I mean, you don't always want to maximize your qualifications. Like when they're coming to me for a pre-approval or to talk about, you know, if the refinancing, whatever. Speak closer. I can't hear you. <laughs> when, when the, <laughs> this is your mic. Oh. Um, you know, when they're coming in, talking to you about a pre-approval mm -hmm. you have to let them know like hey the guidelines will allow you to go up to this much per month depending on what they're making if you're making yeah. you know 30 grand a month okay so it leaves you what another like 10 grand to get by with food and yeah you know okay get it but if you're making 10 grand a month and you want your mortgage to take up five of that after taxes that doesn't yeah. give you a whole lot for like groceries and cars and other things. Just so, so, not to interrupt you, but just so our listeners understand, we're basing these analysis or these financial you know, equations off of, let's say, a million-dollar home. So we're not talking $10 million. We're not talking $5 million because right. the average home price in Southern Orange County is roughly around $1 million, $1.1 million. So these are legitimate you know, numbers that we're talking about here and need to be taken very seriously because the last thing you want to do is either price yourself out of the market or do something detrimental to your finances where you're going to be in the hole six months or a year down the road. Because there are certain tax ramifications for how quickly you can sell a property that you purchase without having to pay substantial amounts. And in other episodes, we'll get further into those things. But you know, another topic I wanted to cover before we let you guys go is cash out refis. So a lot of people talk about, hey, you know, Again, I'll kind of put it into layman's terms. Hey, you know, I have a million dollar home. I've got, let's say, $70,000 equity in the property. I want to pull the equity out and I want to buy, just for sake of argument, a Lamborghini. I know it's not going to buy one, but I want to put a down payment on a Lamborghini. So when we do these cash out deals, there's still a loan on the property, obviously. So when you we talk about a cash out refi, what does that mean and how does that work? You're essentially tapping into the equity that you've built into the property. Okay. So if you owe you know, 500,000 on a million dollar property, you're increasing that loan amount to, you know, 550, six, 700, whatever Got it is within the lending limits. Understood. And you're increasing your loan amount. You're taking the difference as a cash payout to you. Now it's not always sense. a bad thing, yeah. depending on what you're using it for. 
Um, and also, you know, as we've talked about, personal situation is very important. And so really a cash out Rolex, I mean, cash out <laughs> refi is not a smart decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can avoid it, especially in this market where a lot of people have lower interest rates, obviously you want to avoid it. Um, but there are those situations where you need to use it. And, you know, yeah. think of it this way. It's better to have to use it and have it available than have to use it and not, not have that available. option. Yeah. Right. So last question. I know this is kind of a difficult one for investors like myself, for individuals that have properties at very low interest rates. Example, I have a property. I have a 3% interest rate. I have $100,000 in equity in the property. I want to pull out the equity and buy another investment property. Loans are now 8%. How do I pull out that equity and basically divert it or put it into another property? And, and stay with that 3% interest rate. Is that even possible? Yeah, you can keep your first mortgage as mm-hmm. it is, which a lot of people are doing. And a lot of people are taking out home equity lines of credit or home equity loans. Difference being line of credit is kind of what it sounds like. It's similar to a credit card where you can draw and pay down, draw and pay down. And then there's usually a period of 10 years that you can do that. And then after that, you have to pay it off um, for the next 20 or there's the home equity loans, which is just kind of a lump sum payment on a fixed rate second mortgage where you take, you know, and you need a hundred grand, boom, you take your hundred grand and now you're paying your first mortgage and also your second mortgage of whatever you took out. And you can roll those into one lump sum like monthly payment, correct? You can if you consolidate them, but you would need to use a cash out refinance later on to consolidate those, which I think a lot of people will do. You know, obviously we had interest rates spike a lot of home equity lines of credit, a lot of home equity loans that have been used, and a lot of first mortgages that are 3% or under. Now, in the coming years, hopefully rates fall back somewhere in that 6 5% range, and I would bet that you see a lot of cash-out refinances to consolidate those home equity lines of credit with their first mortgages at that point, where it's something that is a little more easier to digest and a little more comparable to what they're paying now because those home equity loans, they are, you know, higher interest rates. So it may make sense for some of those people to consolidate them at some point. Got it. Okay. I mean, it's very interesting. It sounds like a lot of moving pieces. And I think at the end of the day, that type of program really benefits the individual that needs the money. I think if you just simply are an investor and you're just toying with the idea of using, you know, your equity to buy another property, which is how you do real estate, you know, it's not really a program that would work for you because you'd almost have to use the equity to buy down points to get back to your original rate. And if you're buying down points from an 8% to, let's say, a 3%, one, it's not really possible. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> and two, you would spend, let's say, 75% of your equity just going from like an 8 to a 6% or maybe even a 5 if you could weasel your way into that. So then you would just drive everything up. So I think, you know, to kind of sum up the equity conversation, it is one of your best friends. It is in essence, in my opinion, and you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. It's basically your house is a piggy bank. It's a giant piggy bank. There's money inside it. If you have a death in the family, if you have, you know, some kind of crazy divorce, if you have some issue happen where you need a large lump sum and you do have positive equity within the property, you can pull it out. Yeah. Yes, there's ramifications. Yes, you know, the rates can go up, whatever it is, but you at least get that money and you'll deal with the consequences later. But just make sure 
that you speak with a lender, a good lender, like Brandon here, and you understand the ramifications of what happens. Because a lot of people just think they can pull money out of their houses, but now your house becomes, if you pull out too much equity and the market tanks, or like I said, cyclical up and down, now your house is worth less than you owe on it. Uh, I'm sorry, no, more than you owe on it. And when that happens, now you've got negative equity and you've got a problem. Yeah, which to be fair, the cash out, lending standards i mean they're still going to limit you on your loan to value percentage and it's going to be a lower loan to value percentage as some of these low down payment programs so yeah that's not the biggest issue obviously depending on market but it is something to take into consideration i like the sound of that man you got anything else for our lovely listeners out there yeah if anyone wants free money bet max sports Ooh. fights <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are. I, mean, have, I went three and zero on him to uh, this past weekend. I'm not a big UFC guy. I'm a boxer. I don't. You know, the sport is great. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. I support it 100. percent But uh, I don't watch enough of it to really know what the hell I'm betting on. You know, it's more of I just enjoy it. You know, I enjoy the thrill. You know, so I think we're we're gonna have some very uh, <laughs> interesting interviewees on the show here over the next two, three weeks. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to hearing from you guys. We'll catch you guys next time. Oh yeah. Thanks for listening.